Hi guys, it's Adam from Samson's Hair Care here. I wanted to let you know that when you use the code BLUEGRASS on our website, samsonshaircare.com, BLUEGRASS will save you 10% and go to support this wonderful podcast, The Walls of Time, sharing the history and stories of bluegrass. Welcome to Walls of Time Bluegrass Podcast, field interviews with the best in bluegrass. Russell Moore is IBMA's most awarded male vocalist and leader of the award-winning band Third Time Out. Here in part two of his interview with Daniel Mullins, Russell recounts his journey from sideman to band leader and the journey in between. He talks about his favorite moments in music, as well as the songs that made his career and band stand out among others in the genre. Listen to Russell talk about where his passion for music still comes from, even after 30 years as an artist, in the second episode of his Spotlight interview, recorded in Columbia. Columbus, Ohio, with Daniel Mullins on the Walls of Time Bluegrass Podcast. What went into the decision to start Third Time Out? Just a another what if that I didn't want to ask myself mm-hmm. later. Yeah, you know. Can it be done? Yeah, I think everybody likes, um, or, or you know, entertains the idea of spreading their wings and flying on their own at some point, maybe. Or a lot of people. I think a lot of people do entertain that. And I did. Um, but just just that, really, a desire to, to uh, see if I could make more of my own decisions and, and can I stand on my own two feet kind of thing. Nothing against uh, uh, anybody, uh, you know, Doyle or anybody I'd ever played music with. It wasn't, you know, it was, it really was just a, uh, I'm at this point in my, in my life. I want to, I want to know if I can do it. I want to know if I can make it work if I can stand on my own and I think uh, at the age that I was it was it was the right time how, how uh, old were you at that point I was 27 or 28 when uh, when we formed third time out and here again I mean I was still young yeah and and if that particular situation didn't work out then there's still other opportunities even in music you know, yeah that i can pursue you'd already proven yourself yeah that if it didn't work out you were going to be able to find a gig in music no matter I, what. I would i would you know yeah i'd be okay yeah. i felt that you know so that, and that's all it was um it was time you know just time to try it and time to move on after working with one of the most successful bands you know ever for six years was was the was that scary or intimidating going back to to calling your own shots and thinking if if you could get to that level again yeah well I, yeah uh probably not as much as it was when i actually went to work for Dole. really yeah because i felt like uh not only had we learned uh, quite a bit about this music uh, but the exposure for six years that I'd had with with Doyle uh, was 
invaluable. I mean, it was, you can't put a price tag on that. Uh, I don't know that had we stayed a band uh, at Southern Connection that we would have, that we could have achieved that type of uh, visibility within that six years. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's one thing I don't know. Uh, but I felt like we, we had, um, we, we had the credentials, we had the ability and the talent. Um, all we had to do was prove ourselves. And, and, and this, that's, that's the hurdle. That's the biggest hurdle. I knew we had the talent. We had the, uh, the pieces of the puzzle to make a, a band uh, and play good music and, and make a band work. But I don't, I don't care who it is uh, in this in this business. I think they'll all agree and tell you the same thing. It doesn't. If you can be as, as successful as anybody, but if you start, if you start a new venture, if you start a new band uh, with different people, um, you're going to have to prove yourself. That, that there's just. There's no way around it. People, the people are going to come and say, okay, I want to I see if I'm going to like this or not. And then even if they do like it, okay, is this going to last? No. You have to give them something to hold on to. They have to feel assured that you're going to be there, you know, year after year, and you have, you have to prove yourself uh, all over again. But nothing's just going to be just handed to you. Mm -mm. You can't just show up, you know, and just expect everyone just fawn all over you. you no. Know? And we've seen it too many times in this business where bands have started and within two years they're never heard of again. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's just the nature of the beast. And it's true in any right. industry, any business, any genre of music. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you're going to have to put in the work and prove it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and as your, your dad, I'll guarantee you, he, he'll tell you the same thing. You know when, when uh, your dad and your you know your granddad, you know, Moon and uh, you know the traditional grass man, they played some great music and they were they had a really good following. Mm -hmm. But that all that history with with that was not just a uh, a free pass. When he started the radio ramblers, that mm -hmm. okay, we can we can just go right back to there and have all that support and and all that from from that era and that band. Yeah. It, it don't work like that, you no. know. Yeah. So you got to prove yourself all over again because this yeah. is something new, something different. Yeah, you know, different guys. So I, that's that's my opinion. That's that's the way I feel about it. It don't matter what you start with, unless you're a if you're a solo artist and and that's all you do. You don't involve other people around you, you know. Then you're set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But unless you're unless you're Bob Dylan or Mac Wiseman can just show up, then right. yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's not the way it works. You have you uh, you have to prove yourself all over again. When you guys decided to start Third Time Out, what were some of the decisions you made to make sure that you made your guys different? compared to the bands that were coming out at that time? How did you make your sound, your band, your style different than everybody else? Well, you know, of course we had the, we had the uh, ability to 
to have a a good quartet, which was not. I mean, it was, could you tell us who? Could you go over for folks who the original members in Third Time? The Out original was? members of Third Time Out was myself, uh, Ray Dayton uh, on on bass, and uh, uh, Mike Hartgrove playing the fiddle, uh, Alan Bybee playing the mandolin, and Terry Balkum on on banjo. Uh, Mike really wasn't a vocalist, so it was the, the other four of us. You know, took care of those responsibilities. You know, one thing, and and I, I, this is not in a. I'm not going to say this, and I don't mean this in a boastful way whatsoever. But you know, my voice is pretty unique mm-hmm. within our industry. Uh, uh, I don't really sound like anybody else. Yeah. So very identifiable. Yeah, and that was that's always a big help. That, that you know, had to help a lot. That, yeah, yeah. Your voice can't be compared to anybody else's. It's just you. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'm and I'm blessed and I'm and I'm thankful that uh, that it, that it is that way. It makes makes it makes my job a whole lot easier. I'll be honest. Uh, but we wanted to incorporate not just quartet vocals you know, for gospel songs, but you know our biggest song over 28 years now is, is uh, and what has helped our, get get us our identity uh, in this music uh, is singing quartet stuff on, on non-gospel songs. Uh, sort of like, you know, Statler Brothers or um, Oak Ridge Boys, you know, some, you know so, something that's quartet but not gospel. Yeah. And Erase the Miles, has, uh, we utilized the quartet on the chorus of, of Erase the Miles. And I, it, it's still our biggest song that we've, we've I guess we've ever had uh, in 28 years. Uh, so those were kind of, that, that was something that we wanted to try to explore. Uh, the rest of it is, trying to uh, just work together as a unit instead of five individual players and singers really work as a unit you know we worked on we did swing stuff where Alan and and Mike would play twin or harmony lines um, which was really really cool Uh, I enjoyed listening to them work up lines I mean they were like horn lines you know yeah um, that that kind of thing it was 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 cool to do I'm growing up in Texas I was exposed to a lot of swing yeah. music so uh, didn't bother me a bit to incorporate some of those type songs into what yeah, we were doing yeah. gave us more variety and then we definitely wanted variety yeah. we wanted to be able to uh, throw something out that it, it, our show might not appeal to every one of you for every song, but through our set list, uh, these songs will there'll be something the, the, for everybody. Yeah, something for everybody. You mentioned the the variety and third time out's song selection has always been very different than other bands. What goes into uh, your choice of material? Because you get them from all over the place, uh, but they all man. fit third time out. Though. Man, there's almost a Honestly, there's almost a sixth sense 
when you hear a song, it's like, yeah, that's that's something that that we need. That uh, it fits us, you know. For a long time, we gosh, you'd be be hard pressed to think of a, a a murder ballad or something like that that we recorded. Uh, most of, most of the stuff we recorded was positive, uplifting, you know, yeah. or you know, a message, you know, lyrically. And and if I had to say anything, uh, any one thing, if I had to try to pick one thing that would predict our song selection in, in lyrically, uh, I, I think the lyrics are one of the biggest things that uh, you can play hot licks and and have chord progressions that are really wild out there unique or whatever uh, but lyrically if it if it's uh if it can't stand on its own lyrically then it, it don't matter about the rest of the elements how good they are you know it's got it's, it's got to have a, a good good story or a good message uh, lyrically i would i would i would put that at the top of the list well and you can always change the arrangement. You can always tweak the melody. You can always adjust a lot of that stuff. But there's, if there's not good lyrics, you're kind of yeah. toast. Yeah. 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 Ab- absolutely. Yeah. It it uh, it really it really uh, there was uh, I guess at the time I'm I'm like anybody else when I was younger I might try to play a lot of hot licks or, or play everything I know, um, but. All that is, you can change and you can grow as a musician, but you're not going to be able to change those lyrics. Yeah. Once, once that's recorded. I mean, there's we've got songs that we do now that songs that we recorded earlier in in this band um, that the arrangements have tweaked just a little bit uh, because we're at a different place now yeah. than we were then. Different ideas, different stages, and yeah. Everything like that. But one thing that cannot be changed are the lyrics that you sang on that recording. Those are the lyrics that you will sing from now on. Yeah. <laughs> so you can change the arrangement a little bit. You can even change the key of a song if, you know, if need be. But you're not going to change the lyrics. So that's, that's got to be at the top of the list, you know. Right, fellas, it's time to care about your hair. I was just like you. Doing my hair meant hairsprays and gels that would either leave my hair crunchy or greasy. So what would I do? I'd throw in a ball cap on my way out the door and call it a day rather than fool with my hair. Then I found Samson's Hair Care. Their hair pomade is the best, truly. It has a matte finish so your hair doesn't look wet and oily, and it's made with essential oils and other all-natural ingredients. has an all-day hold as well so you can be confident that your hair will look as good in the evening as it did when you left the house. And it smells great too. Great hair is a staple in bluegrass. Just look at Del McCurry and Larry Sparks. Samson's knows this. That's why they're offering Walls of Time listeners 10% off. Visit samsonshaircare.com and use code BLUEGRASS to save 10% on your order. It's like Samson from the Bible. His hair was legendary and now yours can be too. Samson'shaircare.com. Code BLUEGRASS at checkout to save 10% off the best hair pom 
pomade you'll ever buy. That's samsonshaircare.com, code bluegrass. And now back to Walls of Time. When Third Time Out first started and hit the scene, how long was it before you guys felt that, okay, people, we, we've been accepted as our own band and, and we're going to make it? Well, there, there was a... There was a piece of our fan base that was with us immediately. Yeah. That we carried over from from Quicksilver. Uh, and, and they were still fans of Doyle's as well. But they supported us from from day one. Um, there were that was already in place. But it, I want to say it probably probably took about two years before i felt like okay maybe even three i think a a, a one big turning point for us uh, and gosh you know we we recorded our first three cds for rebel records dave freeman all the folks up there and uh, you just can't ask for better people to to deal with to work with um they helped us get our start in this business and I'll forever be grateful for that, you know, really. But I think for us when with with a, a fresh lineup with uh, uh Steve Dillon coming in playing banjo, we had Wayne uh Wayne Benson on his uh, second recording now. Um and our first for Rounder Records. The collection of songs we had on that, plus the, the lineup in the group. Which album was that? That was Letter to Home. I was listening to that one just this morning. Were you? It's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that uh, that particular CD is, is hard to get a hold of right now um, for whatever reason. It's, um, but it's, it's like kind of out of print. Uh, not that it can't be gotten, but um, but it was a, a, the collection of material on that particular recording, uh, the lineup in the group at that point just seemed to be working. It clicked. Yeah. And probably about 1990, well, 93 and 94, that's when I felt like, okay, uh, I, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to make it. Yeah. You know, up until that point, uh, it was hard to hard to say. We'd had a, a couple of member changes. Um, when, when Alan Bobby left the group after our second recording for Rebel Records, um, he left, and, and that's when, when uh, Wayne, uh, I guess, came in well actually Lou Reed played mandolin with us uh, for a while really played mandolin and sang never got to do any recording with Lou at that time uh, before we were able to do do that uh, he and Terry Bauckham both left the group and um, formed their own band yeah so at that point then Wayne Benson came in and Barry Abernathy uh, on Manlin and banjo, respectively, and we recorded our third CD, uh, Grandpa's Manlin, 
for Rebel Records. That was our last one for Rebel. And then uh, Barry, uh, Steve took Barry's position before we recorded for our, our first CD for Rounder. And that, um, that particular lineup in the group seemed, seemed to hit a mark with, with people. Really clicked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, collectively. Uh, yeah. It, it worked. It worked for us uh, better than it had up until that up until that point, I, I think. Um, and again, I'm not taking anything away from anybody that had been in the group because they're all awesome players yeah. in their own right. But that combination just seemed to work, you know. And at that point, I, th- I thought, yeah, I, I think I think we're going to be okay now. What about the chemistry of that lineup made it so unique? Why do you think that combination just worked well? I'm I'm not sure because it wasn't like we were a, a total traditional style band. Mm-hmm. We were not uh, real progressive either, and there were elements. I mean, you uh, you got you got Mike Hartgrove down here that is just impeccable with his tone is you know his timing and and he and he's into uh just like nathan is now I mean, he was into chubby wise kenny bakers and and uh benny martins and and <clears throat> even country style fiddle yeah. players because he was actually he, he played country music for a while and has a deep respect for all that uh so you've got you've got him uh on the end down here, a little bit more, maybe a little more grounded, traditionally uh, style fiddle playing, country style fiddle playing. And you've got Wayne on the other end who's uh, a little more, I, I would say, uh, progressive in his thought process uh, of playing the mandolin. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and trying to figure out his own thing not trying to actually sound like anybody else yeah, yeah. trying to be a, a stylist yeah absolutely you know on, on the mandolin so that was really you got two different things on each end of the stage there you got you know ray one of the uh, one of the best bass vocalists that bluegrass music has ever known and i stand by that I, he was absolutely awesome um and well known for it you know so you've got that element, which, which which is great, and then again, like I said, uh, my voice uh, being as unique as it is within our industry. Yeah, it, it's, it's I don't know exactly how that worked. You know, if you put them all in a tube and mix it up, I'm not sure how it at times didn't probably blow up you know but uh, and, and steve bringing his unique element is just <laughs> but yeah but steve no steve steve has been around he was you know of course uh with bass mountain boys uh, the lonesome river band um been playing since he was a teenager you know and stylistically of course he he loved terry's playing as well uh but earl scruggs jd crow you could hear a real of student all. of both of those yeah yeah and he could, he could do. I, I think with with his band of playing, we were able to entertain the thought of doing maybe 
a few different style songs. Yeah. And 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 good guitar player too. Yeah. So that brought another element into the group uh, musically that would give us the opportunity. We okay now we can look at maybe this type of song. Because we can take care of it. Your versatility just went up another level with that that configuration. It seemed. Yeah. There was really nothing you guys couldn't do if you wanted to. If we want, yeah. Yeah. And, and if and if the, the people would let us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had the ability as long as you had the permission. <laughs> yeah. As long as we. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, only only you. Uh, the old platters hit. Uh, we didn't know how people were going to perceive that when we when we put that out uh and there were a few that did blast us pretty good you know really saying, saying that's you know that is not bluegrass you know <laughs> no maybe maybe not but did you enjoy it did did you think about you know about years ago when you heard it on the radio or you know maybe when you had it on your turntable playing it you know uh did it make you smile did it make you feel good that's what it's all about. And uh, but there were some tr- traditionalists that that didn't like the idea of going there. Uh, to me, uh, people have been experimenting with bluegrass music since Bill Monroe. Since day one. Yeah. Since day one. What do you say when, whether then or now, when people come up to you and say, whatever song or cut or whatever, say? That's not real bluegrass, or that's not bluegrass. Whether it's platter song, or well, Wayne have an electric mandolin, or yeah. whatever. It. I I, I I I try to explain to them that we are in the bluegrass music business, and those are the venues that we play. This is the circuit that we run. Now. But you're going to hear some some different things from us. That's what makes us unique from everybody else out here doing this. If we tried to do go on stage as we are right now and play nothing but Bill Monroe music or Stanley Brothers music or uh, uh, you know uh, even even Flat Scruggs Country Gentleman, if, if that's all we did. Then that's what we're going to be known for, and yeah. and that's great. There there is a place in this music for those type bands, but that's not us, and we wouldn't be happy just doing that. Yeah. We have to, you have to have an identity, and the way uh, I mean, of course, you know the way you dress can give you an identity. The, uh, the the way you wear your hair, you know, I mean, just anything about you can help give you that identity. But the biggest thing are your songs that you record and that you perform, and we t- we just try to find things that are unique to to us. This is uh, maybe maybe you say, well, this song is not bluegrass, no, but it's third time out music. That's what it is, and. If you come to see our show, that's what you're paying to see. A third time out set list. Not a not a Bill Monroe set list. You know, not a Flat and Scruggs set list. Now we'll throw some of those in. Yeah. Because we love it. Oh yeah. But we love the other stuff too and, and we'd like to 
we like to be happy. We like, you know, have fun with the music. Yeah. And and we've been really fortunate that we haven't we we haven't gone to a point where they say, "Okay, we're done with you. <laughs> Go home. You've gone too far now." And I honestly, we were uh, <clears throat> we were in Nashville the other week, uh, last week, I guess it was, doing a show uh, uh, at the Ryman Auditorium. It's called Georgia on My Mind, yeah. and it was a, it's a benefit uh, for a Georgia Music Foundation. And great lineup, uh, uh, country country acts and. We were the only bluegrass act that was there. Uh, so we got to do a, a bluegrass song for them to represent who we really are. But they also asked, because of it being the 50-year anniversary of the formation of the Almond Brothers Band, that we work up an Almond Brothers tune. Cool. So we did. Which one did you do? We did Blue Sky. Okay. By uh, Dickie Betts. And we worked it up with... Uh, um, I had, you know, of course, my, my guitar, Keith played uh, guitar as well. Uh, Nathan had the fiddle, and, and uh, you know, Dustin was on the bass, and Wayne had the electric mandolin. So it's sort of a, it, it's, it was sort of an unplugged s- style or yeah. version of Blue Sky. Yeah. But, man, it was so much fun just leaving our well-trod territory yeah. that just getting out of your comfort zone get, a bit. getting out of it you know and saying okay what can we how can we go about this what we we stayed really uh true to uh to the arrangement uh, that uh, they recorded or i think it was i think it was released in 70 maybe 79 something like yeah. that but anyway we stayed real true to the arrangement sans the uh the middle of the song where it was, uh, you know, like a three-minute ride by both the guitarists uh, just jamming yeah. in the middle of the song. We shortened that up, made it more structured uh, between Keith and Wayne and, and Nathan. But the arrangement, you know, was uh, pretty much we stayed really close to what they had recorded and put out. And it was uh, it was really cool. Amy Ray of the Indigo Girls. She came out and sang sang the tenor line with me on that show. Now that's not a song that we would ever pull out at a bluegrass concert, but it worked for that night because of uh, the anniversary of the yeah. Almond Brothers formation. Uh, and you know they were uh, they were actually based out of uh, I think Macon, Georgia, for for a while. That was their home base. So there's a connection there with the with the whole event and the Almond Brothers and and they asked us if we would do that. So that was for us as musicians that was fun. That was cool to get to to pull this together and actually make it work with our instrumentation yeah. and not have to go out, you know, it's like, oh, well maybe we should get an electric guitar, maybe we should have a drummer sit in with do us, it. you know. Yeah. No. Do it your way. Do it our way. Yeah. And they loved it. Absolutely loved it, you know. Do you ever feel like the hustle and bustle of life keeps you from accomplishing your goals and staying on track? Have you ever felt exhausted at the end of the day, but yet feel like you've accomplished nothing? Help focus on your goals and stay on track with a self-journal from Best Self Co. 
Whether you're starting your own business, a college student, or you're just feeling overwhelmed with day-to-day life, the Self-Journal is packed with tools to help you get more done. With features including daily planning, a 13-week roadmap for your goals, inspirational quotes, daily and weekly habit tracking, and a place to record morning and evening gratitude. Best Self Co. offers a line of productivity tools to help you accomplish more. Check out all of their products at bestself.co. Use code BLUEGRASS to save 15% off of your first purchase. That's bestself.co, code BLUEGRASS to save 15% off your first purchase. As third time out approaches the 30-year mark, y'all have done things your way. What's that mean for you? Where, where does your passion and drive come from all these years later as, as you're closing in on that three decades of doing it your way? Mm. Just uh, a lot of the same things we've already talked about. You know, the love of the music. I love to play and sing music. Um, it is a release for me uh, emotionally. Uh, and that love of music is still what, what drives a lot of me even today, as well as the rest of the guys, you know. The fans... These people that come out and see the shows and you see them, they're out there and they're singing along with your songs. They know the words because they followed you that long. They, they know the words. They're singing along with you. They, they, they expect certain songs to be played. And you're putting a smile on their face and giving them a great memory to take home with them. How bad could it be, you know? Life is good. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, I I hope I've got a lot of uh, a lot more contributions, you know, to make uh, before this 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 uh, the sun goes down on this band, you know. Um, and I have and I have no preconceptions of when that is, you know. But as of right now, things are things are well. The lineup is absolutely clicking. It's wonderful. I love these guys. Uh, they're working hard, and we're having a lot of fun. Uh, there's, there's, there's some of it right there too. Having fun. Yeah, we're yeah. in the fun business. We're in the fun business, <laughs> and yeah, it. You know, when uh, when the wheels start turning, rolling on the bus, and 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 you're feeling good about the shows coming up. Um, bus is running good. <laughs> You know, it's, it's just a it's a good place to be, and and makes me want to go out and try to make somebody happy with our music. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Russell. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. you. You, I love doing these things with you because <laughs> you you are you ha, you're thoughtful with your questions. You don't ask the the norm <laughs> things you know from that most people want to talk about or ask you about and and i appreciate you never going to the point of uh so tim what is bluegrass music to you yeah. <laughs> it's like oh god i hate that one <laughs> really man, oh that's how, i have i don't know that i've ever heard anybody answer that question uh that i felt like oh I'm going to – let me write that down because that's exactly what I want to say next time somebody asks me that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because 
you could ask that question to every artist here and get a different answer. Yeah. Because it's different to everybody. Do you think that's something that makes our music so unique is that bluegrass music is different for everybody? It's different depending on who's listening and who's playing it. It means something different to everybody. It does. Uh, and, and that's evident, uh, uh, especially nowadays with uh, uh, another generation of players and singers coming up. Um what bluegrass music is to them may be different than what you think it is, and it very well may be different than somebody uh, before me and what their thought of, of, of bluegrass music is. There's a, um, a lot of diversity when under the umbrella of bluegrass, I think. Yeah. A lot, you know, some people think, if, man, if it's got a mandolin, in the group, you know, somebody's up there playing mandolin, it's bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, or a banjo or, or whatever. Or, yeah. or whatever. It, they may say, oh, well, that's bluegrass. You know, but the rest of the band is full-fledged, you know. Rock and roll. Rock yeah. and roll <laughs> yeah. or country or, you know, and, and it's like, well, just because they've got a, a mandolin or a banjo, then, okay, it's, it's bluegrass. Some people would agree with that, and there are some people who would not. So... You're right. Everybody in this in this park right here, if you ask them what is bluegrass music, they're you're gonna get a different answer from every single single person you ask that to. Do you think that's something that makes this music so special and so unique? I think it um everyone has their own personal connection, unique relationship with the music. I, I think I think it does. It 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 definitely makes the umbrella bigger. As far as that goes, and I'm not down, you know, saying that none of it's uh, or or any of it's bad. But when you listen to um, somebody like the Poe Ramblin' Boys, and then you listen to somebody like the Infamous String Dusters, they're both under that bluegrass umbrella, right? Yeah. But two very different styles yeah. of music and uh, song selection and everything. So, as long I think as long as people who uh, feel like the the far right is bluegrass or the far left, okay, that's bluegrass. As long as we can get those people to walk towards the center too and experience all the rest yeah. of it, it 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 helps us all out. Absolutely, you know, I think it helps us all. Hi guys. Adam from Samson's Hair Care here. I wanted to let you know about a new product we've released called Texture Powder. You just sprinkle it in, work it into your roots, and it provides you with volume and hold and texture while leaving your hair looking natural. Give it a shot. Use the code BLUEGRASS on our website to save 10% off your total. Part two of our conversation with Russell Moore on the Walls of Time Bluegrass podcast. Russell is the most awarded male vocalist in bluegrass history, and uh, his band, uh, Third Time Out, has been one of the most celebrated vocal groups in IBMA history as well. We heard about how that band got started this week on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to hear some of the legacy of Third Time Out, some of the early albums, the early incarnations of the band, and uh, some of those... Uh, breakout albums like Letter to Home and classic songs like Erase the Miles and fantastic players he's had in the band. Wayne Benson 
Steve Dilling, of course, Russell, Ray Deaton, who passed away uh, just a few years back. Fantastic players, singers, and just really a stellar lineup in every incarnation of Third Time Out. Once again, I've been I'm having a hard time building some of these Spotify playlists because there are so many great songs from Third Time Out, and I want to share as many as I can with li- listeners who may not have gone back and listened to some of their early catalog. But, uh, yeah, great to hear uh, the different uh, stories he told about the lineups, the varieties of sound that Third Time Out has always had, and uh, just love hearing this retrospective on the band. Third Time Out, um, for a lot of folks, they still seem like a newer band because they've always been able to keep things fresh and uh, have a contemporary edge. But you can definitely see the impact Third Time Out has had on the bluegrass music scene with this newer crop of bands that have come up within the past 10 years. It's obvious they grew up to hearing Russell and uh, the Third Time Out sound. It's really uh, left a mark on this current generation of bluegrass uh, musicians and bands that are coming up. Third Time Out, we talked with Russell last week about the influence that the Osborne Brothers had on him and his music. Just like the Osborne Brothers weren't afraid to try new things and take the music in in new places and new directions, uh, while still maintaining a love for traditional bluegrass, Russell's done the same thing. Had a contemporary approach while still honoring the tradition, not afraid to try new things and break new ground in uh, Third Time Out's brand of bluegrass. Yeah, I think Third Time Out had a big... um influence on bluegrass ballad style, especially uh, contemporary bluegrass ballad style. Uh, Songs like we mentioned, Erase the Miles, and some of those slower tunes like that that uh, were more, you know, modernized the theme of bluegrass as well. They always threw some swing music in there on all their albums, and uh, I think that was a great crossover for a lot of the pickers, too, to hear some of those different styles. So, yeah. I think Third Time Out, definitely one of the most influential contemporary bluegrass bands of the era. It's funny, my my aunt and, and Russell are great friends, and she said she can remember, I think it was at one of the at one of the um, Ivy May business conferences in, I can't remember if it was Owensboro or, uh, or Louisville, but uh, she said she was helping at Third Time Out's record table when the John and Mary album came out in the the mid to late 1990s and you know my aunt's been around she's she's seen a lot of a lot of uh record buying frenzies at some bluegrass record tables and she said that they truly could not like they lost track of she's lost track of how many boxes of that one album they went through when it came out just just one right after another after another for hours just selling uh, copies of John and Mary over and over and over and over and third time out still has that appeal and has uh, fans that are that loyal and uh, they've maintained that level of consistency ever since. So I'm a huge Third Time Out fan. So grateful for Russell to take the time to sit down and record this interview with me in the summer of 2019 in Columbus, Ohio, at Musicians Against Childhood Cancer. Great festival uh, that, of course, with the the current pandemic, had to uh, cancel its 2020 festivities. But you can go to bluegrassclassic.com to learn more about that great event. They do all sorts of work uh, to help raise funds to fight childhood cancer for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. The festival promoters, Daryl and Phyllis Atkins, are great friends of, uh, of mine and of the podcast. And uh, Daryl and Phyllis receiving a 2020 Distinguished Achievement Awards from the International Bluegrass Music Association this fall. So we're so excited for them. Grateful for their uh, love and support for bluegrass and for helping uh, to try to find a cure for childhood cancer. 
Learn more about the Walls of Time Bluegrass podcast by going to wallsoftimepodcast.com. That's where you can buy uh, official Walls of Time podcast shirts to represent and show your love uh, for all things bluegrass and to help support the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or any uh, platforms that uh, you like to enjoy the Walls of Time Bluegrass podcast. Where can folks uh, connect with us on social media, Ty? Yeah, don't forget to find us there. Message us. Tell us what you think of the podcast, Walls of Time podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Walls of Time pod on Twitter. And the podcast now in the second season and well past the halfway mark here with these two episodes with Russell Moore. So who is the follow-up episode coming next week to the folks, Daniel? We go to a, a member of one of the true rising star bands in bluegrass these days. The Poe Ramblin' Boys have been a hit for a while. We talked to Mando man C.J. Lewandowski about the, the Poe Ramblin' Boys and about his remarkable journey in bluegrass music. It'll be a ton of fun. We'll take a trip uh, from the Ozarks to the Smokies and everything in between with C.J. Lewandowski of the Poe Ramblin' Boys next time on the Walls of Time Bluegrass Podcast. Thanks for listening. Walls of Time Bluegrass Podcast is produced by Ty Gilpin and Daniel Mullins, edited by Daniel Mullins, and is a production of Blue Poncho Media. Visit wallsoftimepodcast.com for more information.